0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. Gospel means good news. Luke wrote down a bunch of good news, and we're going to be talking about some of it. So uh, here in Colorado, y'all know that here because you're in Colorado, but those that are watching online, uh, we, there, there's been two times that, that, that the weather forecasters here said that we's going to get a bunch of snow and, and we barely got anything. And then they said it was going to rain the other night and we got six inches of snow. Okay, that's just the way it works. I, my last name is Weatherby. I should have been a weatherman because I'm wrong all the time. And, and that's what, I, I'd hate to be a weather person, okay? Uh, I, I, just, I feel sorry for them because they can't ever get it right, and, and that's, no, that's no knock on them. But uh, anyway, as it's snowing, my wife said, I wonder what it was like to live back in a time where if you needed heat, you had to go out and chop your wood and bring it in and start your fire with some flint or, or whatever the case may be. She goes, that must have been such a simpler time. When you were hungry, you went out and you shot something. Or if you wanted to eat, you grew your own vegetables, not tomatoes. That's Satan fruit. You shouldn't eat tomatoes. Unless they've been baptized with vinegar to make ketchup or sanctified with jalapenos and salsa. That's the only way you should eat uh, tomatoes. But anyway, that's beside the point. She was talking about this simpler time, and I think those of us in, the, in this cowboy culture, agriculture, uh, or, or Western culture, you know, there, there's just like this, this thing that we're like, oh man, that would have been so cool to live back there in one of those times, you know, and, and I said, you know, I think it was a simpler time, but it was a harder time, you know, I mean, it, it was just because something's simple doesn't mean that it's easy, because I, I, we had this conversation, the simpler it is, I think, the harder it is. The simpler it is, the harder it is. But you know, we we live in a, in a society today where where things are easy, not hard. I mean, my gosh, we if we want to cook something, we go preheat the oven. You know, we we don't have to go out and pick the fruit, or you know, some people still hunt and put them in the freezers. <laughs> You know, as Ty said, you know, man, there are people that hang up meat and then you just go cut off the bad part and then you cook the good part, right? We don't live like that anymore. We live in a push-button society. I mean, you know, if we don't have to go down to the river to wash our clothes, okay? There, there's no scrub boards anymore. I mean, there's, they're there, but, you know, very few people have to use them, especially here in America. I mean, if we want to wash our clothes... We gather up the clothes, we throw them in a big metal box, we throw some powder or something in there on them, close the lid, and we push a button and go, I've been doing laundry all day. And thank God for it, okay? I, I, I wouldn't be washing my socks and, you know, I, thank God for that, right? But even our dishes, I mean, we have a big metal box that we put our dirty dishes in. And we push a button and it does the dishes. And we gripe about having to do the dishes. You know, if it's cold in our house, we push a button and it heats up. If we're taking a shower, we just turn a knob and it gets all steamy and hot. And it's great. If we're hot, we can press a button and and there's cool air in our vehicles. In our homes, in our workplace, we live in a push-button society. Man, if you want to hear music, you don't have to learn the fiddle or the banjo. You just turn your axiom on and there's a thousand radio stations of junk, mostly, unless you're in prime country, little Merle. That's right. And we do. But isn't it amazing that when life was simpler, it was harder, but now that life is easier, isn't it more complicated? Everything is at a push-button, and yet we're in counseling. We're, we're depressed. <laughs> I mean, life is hard. We're stressed to the max. But yet, everything we live in a push-button society. We live in a pill society. Take a pill, you know. And, I mean, my old nose gets to running. You know, I just pop whatever my wife gives me because I don't know what to take, you know. But that's what we do. Life was simpler then, but it was harder. And we were talking about the wood-burning stove that we have. And I told her, I said, well, actually, I did live that like that for a, for a time. And I, I lived on this ranch whenever I was working for the prison system in Texas. And I got to stay out there for free. And then I helped check the waters and stuff on the weekends whenever uh, the rancher and his family would go to rodeos with their, with their son and their daughters. And so it was kind of, I worked for my rent. Well, have you ever lived in a free place? I have. Let me tell you about this house that I lived in. This house that I lived in, you're going to think I'm joking. I am not. It had a hole in the living room floor about this big around, and that far below the hole was just plain dirt, and you could see where the snakes had crawled across the dirt. Okay, I, I lived like that, and Ty asked me in the first service if I knew what plywood was. Well, we didn't have that there. And so I had the next best thing. I had a coffee table that I scooted over it. Never saw a snake in the house, so I guess it worked, right? Well, there was a water leak at some point in this house, and for some reason they didn't want to get under the house to fix it, so they just cut it off and ran PVC pipe right over the floor. So as you're walking through my house, you had to step over the PVC water lines, go around the hole that had the snakes in it underneath the house, and you got to the bedroom, little one-bedroom house, old, old place, and the only source of heat was a wood-burning stove. Now, my grandmother tells a story of when you had when that was the only source of heat that that you could you could put that in there and, and you could do it just right and it would just heat up everything all night long. I did not possess this dark magic that she spoke of because one of two things happened whenever I lit lit litded, I don't know whatever that word is whenever I caught on fire the wood in the stove. Either it went out in about an hour and a half, and then you froze to death all night, or you woke up and the thing was glowing like the pits of hell, right? And you were you're pretty sure you was about to catch on fire, right? That one of those two things would happen, and then you'd move into the living room, and it was kind of eerie listening to the snakes crawl underneath the house. So you just, you know, kind of. It, it was it was a bad deal. It was a bad deal. I wish I knew how to keep that fire going. But as an illustration, man, isn't there supposed to be a fire that burns within us? There's supposed to be a fire that burns within us but I think that if you're like me and I think a lot of you are, you you are at a season in your life or maybe you're just coming out of that season or just going into it where, where you're going through the same thing that you feel like your fire has burned out, man. You're trying but the coals, you know, are it's hard to restart it or or you, you you were on fire a long time but everything has gone out. How do you keep that fire going where it doesn't burn everything down or go cold? How do we do that? Well, the first thing that we have to understand about the fire within us is that is is found in Luke chapter 12 verse 49 where Jesus himself says, "I have come to set the world on fire." Now now this is a stark Uh, kind of a contrast of the way a lot of people see our little loving Jesus that never says anything bad and just kind of talks and hands out poppies at the airport and, you know, loves everybody, turn the other cheek. But yet here he says, I've come to set the world on fire. We have to understand that this fire that burns within us is Jesus, okay? And the fire that he's talking about right here where he's come to set the world on fire is we are given a choice. Okay, this choice that we make when we choose Jesus, then the fire is going to refine us. It's going to burn away the sin, burn away the impurities, where we can become Christ-like, where we can learn to see the things that are important, so that we can spend eternity in heaven, that this fire that Jesus brings will refine us and make us better. It will complete us. Everything that you've been searching for, that people search for, they've, they've tried to fill this hole in their heart, with money with possessions with living quartered horse trailers with new papered horses with with new saddles with with whatever the case may be and it and it seems to fill it for a second and then you grow cold again Jesus is the only one that can fulfill you but when he comes inside you it's like a fire burning and that fire burning is going to either refine you or that fire he brings will destroy you because see you have a choice you have a choice Everything in your life hinges on one choice you will make and you have the free will to do either one. Either you will choose Jesus and His fire will refine you and make you pure and make you better. Or you will not choose Jesus or you will choose not to follow Jesus and that fire He brings will destroy you. If you continue to read in Luke chapter 12, he says, man, there'll be one person here. He'll pit father against son and mother against daughter and family against family and friends against friends. Because see, those that choose him and those that don't are in stark contrast to the way they live their lives, the things that they do, the things that they say, the way that they are. Which will you choose? Hopefully we choose the fire when we have Jesus in our heart, that refiner's fire. But how do you keep it going? How do you keep it going? How do you keep it from going cold and going out? There's three things that I'm going to tell you, and I told you that this was a clinic. Okay? There's the three things that I'm going to send you home to do. Okay? And th- this isn't push-button stuff. You're not going to be able to every Sunday morning push the Jesus button, and then you're going to be good until next Sunday morning when you can push the easy Jesus button again like your dishwasher or your laundry machine This is something that you're going to have to stoke. You're going to have to tend You're going to have to do this all the time and at first man. It's going to be hard But the longer you do it the better you will get at it The very first thing to keep that fire burning within us is found in Luke chapter 24 verse 32 they said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? You have two guys that their focus is on God, and Jesus Himself comes up and he doesn't let them recognize him, but he teaches them about himself and about God. And they said right here, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures? Is that not what we are doing right now? You are here. I am, God is explaining his scriptures. I get to be a part of that, and it's the greatest responsibility and, and fear in the world to be able to explain this. But what, in order to keep that fire stoked within you, what you have to do is you have to meet together, okay? You have to meet together. In, in Hebrews, it says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Going to church every Sunday doesn't make you a Christian. But you show me somebody that professes to be a Christian that won't meet together with other Christians, and I'm going to question that too. Okay? It's it's why you go to church. It's why we meet together. We meet together for worship. And please, whatever you do, if you have any love in your heart for me, please do not come up to me and pet my peeve. And my peeve is this. Is this... There's just like this cowboy mentality, and I've made some people mad over this, and I'm trying to encourage, but people say, well, I can worship God better out in the pasture on my horse than inside a church. No, you can't, or at least it would be extremely hard to, okay, because when you worship, this is what worship is. It's the sole reason, purpose, and focus being on God. Now, I guess if you did saddle up your horse and ride out into the pasture for the only focus and reason and purpose is being on God, then I guess, yes, you can. But see, most people don't do that. They may thank God while they're out there, but they want God to come along on their journey instead of going on God's, okay? We've got to meet together like we're doing here. And y'all that are watching online or y'all that are listening on on the radio, that is a part of it. We are meeting together for the sole reason, purpose, and focus is God. We got to meet together for prayer when, when when we work on the long x ranch. Save the cowboy is one of the well, I don't know. There may be other ones out there, but the church owns a working ranch. Okay, we don't talk about being cowboys riding for God on Sunday mornings. We do it during the week, and one of the ways that we do that when we get together, if we're fixing to go move cattle or work cattle or work on the arena or whatever we do, we before we begin, we take our hats off. And we pray and we thank God and we tell Him that He's the reason that we do this. We've got to meet together in prayer. When was the last time that you prayed with somebody other than yourself or your family? You know, I, I've gotten to the point that, that whenever I tell people, somebody will come up and ask me for prayer. I'm not very good at prayer. And you have done the same thing. I know you have. Is that when people ask for prayers or you tell people that you'll pray for them, you forget about it. And I'm not criticizing you. I do the same thing. But now what I do is when somebody says, hey, will you keep me in your prayers? Yeah. What's going on? Or can you tell me? And then they tell me, I said, let's pray right now. What's keeping us from praying right now? And you ain't got to be like the world's most eloquent prayer. You know, just, God, you know, man, be with them right now. And we ask you to come into their hearts, lead and guide them and direct them and amen. It ain't got to be fancy. God hears it. We got to meet together for worship. We got to meet together and pray. We've got to meet together for encouragement. Man, every, everybody, everybody that you're listening to right now, everybody that's sitting beside you, behind you, in front of you, next door to you, driving down the road with you, everybody is going through something right now. And you may be the answer to their prayers as an encouragement to lift them up. We've got to meet together and, and encourage each other. We've got to meet together for good deeds. Man, when's the last time you got together and and did something that, that wasn't necessarily for your own personal enjoyment or that you would benefit from, but for the sole purpose of meeting a need of someone else? See, Jesus said, where two or more gather in my name, I am there also. That does not mean that Jesus is right. Well, I mean, he is, but it's not just means that when there's two people there, Jesus is there. He says, man, when you come together in my name, I'm there with you, man. He's right here with us today. He's with us when we're working on the ranch. we got to meet together. If you want to keep that fire burning within you, you've got to meet together. As it says in Luke 24, 32, didn't our hearts burn within us as He talked with us on the road and explained the Scriptures to us? Unless we meet together, that fire will dwindle, and it'll go out. The second thing that we must do, we talked about meeting together keeps the fire burning. Ministering keeps the fire burning. In Jeremiah 20, verse 9, uh, the prophet says this, but if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in His name, His word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in and I cannot do it. See, Jeremiah has been going and telling people about God, about repenting and turning to God so that that fire inside them will be lit. And he's warned them to turn from their evil ways, and nobody's listening. Everybody's like, man, you stupid. Hey, Get out of here. And he's just felt like he's banging his head against a brick wall, and he's like, if nobody wants to hear about God, then I ain't going to tell nobody about God. And then he says this. With that in mind, listen again. But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in His name, His word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I cannot do it. It's like a pressure cooker, man. When that fire is inside of you, if you try to bottle that up without sharing it, man, it's either going to explode and cause damage or it's just going to go out. Most of the time, it just goes out. See, we are commanded to tell people about God. Go out in the world and make disciples of all men and all nations. And maybe you're like, well, I ain't no preacher. And, and, and you know, you, you, maybe you're not good at that. Well, you know what? Making disciples and telling people about God doesn't have to be with words. It can be with your actions. Would somebody look at you and be astonished that you said you were a believer? Or do your actions show that you are? You don't have to use words. As a matter of fact, there's an old deal that says you, we should preach every day and use words if we have to. Let your actions speak the Word of God is one way. Second way is use your words, man. You don't have to to go out on the street corner and and preach a sermon, man. You can just tell somebody, man, I'll pray for you like we talked about. You can just say, I'll pray for you. You can say, man, God bless you. Or there's a hundred different ways that you can let others know, hey, I'm a believer. That's what this is about about letting other people know. And if you don't want to use your actions, or you using your actions and words, how about letting ministering through your character? Here's a thing that I like to say. If you're not a Christian by yourself when nobody else is around, you ain't a Christian when people are. Okay? If the only time that you're a Christian and you talk nice is when you're around people, but at home you're a raging idiots, screaming and hollering and throwing things and looking at things and and doing all this stuff that you ain't supposed to do, then your character is in question. We need to minister through our actions. Minister through our words. And that can be just a word of encouragement. Hey, man, I, know, I notice you've been feeling down, man. What, what can I do to help? And then we need to minister through our character and our integrity. Become who you want to be by yourself, and you'll be amazed at the results when you get around others. Unless you minister to others with our actions, our words, and our character, the fire will go out. It may build up, but eventually, man, if you're not showing that, telling that, being that, your fire is going to go out. And the last thing, this last thing really hits home that something can be sent. Just because something is simple doesn't mean that it's easy. As a matter of fact, this last thing, is something that I, I think is is a lost art, but vitally important to the Christian way of life. I have told you that I want you to go home. I'm, this is a clinic on what you should do when you get home. And, and we should meet together. There's an excellent opportunity every single week for us to meet together in a large group. But But how about invite somebody over to your house for supper? Or... Meet with somebody during the week or some, you know, one of your co workers or something, there's always a chance to meet together. And then there's a chance to minister. There's always a chance for us to shine God's light. Let that fire out of us so that it doesn't build up and extinguish. But this third thing, man, this third thing is something that very, very few of us do. And it's found in Psalms, Psalm 39, verse 2 and 3. See if you can pick up on what it is. So I remained utterly silent, not even saying anything good. But my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me. While I meditated, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. You know, the, the, there's all sorts of, of misconceptions about that M word being meditate. You know, it doesn't mean that, that you sit cross legged. If I saw, if I, Sat cross-legged, I'd break three bones and have to have surgery on the other four. Okay? I can't do it. So it's not about sitting there with your fingers like this going, um, or anything like that. It's just being quiet and being with God. Now, I, I, I'm going to tell you, and maybe some of y'all might might uh, understand this, I'm not really very good at prayer. Because I start, you know, I, I, try, to, I try to pray at home, and, and boy, I get started, and I'm like, whooping and spurring, and and I'm like a 40-yard dash with prayer because if it lasts longer than about 5.5 seconds, I lose track, right? Maybe you're the same way, but what I am good at is just getting by myself, closing my eyes, and saying, God, I'm here. And the only thing I focus on is not how eloquently I can ask for things or remember things or fret about things, but just say, God, I just want to be close to you. Man, I picture that old cross in my mind and that's the only thing I focus on and I'm just quiet. I'm just still. How many times did you, old grandpappy or or maybe your dad or an uncle or a cowboy mentor, you're just driving down the road and nobody ain't saying a thing and it's the greatest experience you ever had. Man, that's what God wants with us. Too often, man, we let all these words get in the way. Man, most of the time, God just says, man, come hang out with me. Let me show you something, but a lot of times if our mouths are working, our ears aren't. Man, just go to God, and, and, and the Bible calls it meditation, but what I'm telling you to do is just be quiet, where your soul, purpose, and reason, and focus is on Jesus. That will light a fire within you. Set your mind upon God. Man, there's going to be all these things that are going to try to invade that, but you just concentrate on pushing on me, you don't do nothing but look at that cross in your mind. And I love what the psalm says. "Is says, while I meditated, the fire burned, then I spoke with my tongue. You know, a lot of people don't hear it when God answers their prayer because they're too busy jacking their jaw. It's amazing how he says, I was quiet, and I listened, and I meditated, and then I spoke. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Learn to be still in the storm. You remember what happened in the storm? The old boat's rocking and everything, and the disciples are all... Freaking out because I mean if 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 I was in that storm in that boat, me and Ty, we'd be freaking out too. Okay? Be screaming like little girls running around, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get to go on a boat ride in Israel. But yet this storm is raging, and where's Jesus? He's snoring in the front of the boat. And they're like, Don't you care that we're gonna die? And he's like, Oh, guys, guys. And he tells the wind to be still and it obeys. You learn to be still. There's an old saying that says something like, you know, sometimes God doesn't quieten the storm, He quietens the person in the storm. Learn to be still. Learn to be quiet. There's all these things that are going to want to invade, man. Our phones, our, our TVs, our radios, our, our endless amount of greed and want. And, and desires and, and what would happen in your life if you just pushed all that aside and said, man, Jesus, I'm just going to focus on you. A fire would burn within you and you would be amazed at what comes out of your mouth. Wisdom, peacemaking, joy, thankfulness, godliness. That's what will come out of your mouth when you learn to meditate on God. Now, I said it was simple. I didn't say it would be easy. You want to talk about going home and trying some advanced next level stuff? Go home and shut your mouth and be quiet and focus on God. It ain't that easy, but it is next level. It's where God wants you to go. He wants to be your focus. He wants to be your reason. He wants to be your purpose. And everything that you've been searching for is not going to fill that place in your life. Only Jesus is going to fill that. But if you want to keep that fire from going out, you've got to meet together. And I know it's easy, man. I know it's easy to to, to let life sweep you up and take you off. And there ain't nothing wrong with missing a church service out now and then. But man, when you forget to stoke that fire, it becomes easy to forget again and forget again and forget again. You've got to meet together. Meet with friends. Meet with your family. You know, me me and my son, uh, my youngest son from China, uh, every, every morning when I drop him off at school, we pray every morning. And it's a real simple prayer. And we say, God, fill our heads with wisdom, our mouth with joy, our hearts with love, and our hands with helping. Amen. We start the day out with God. Do you start yours out that way? In the good book, with a little meditation, with a little bit of prayer, is that fire gone out of you? And it's still there. there. If you're breathing, man, there's a chance to get it back. I know you've been hurting. I know you've been struggling. I know about that thing that that you that that you hadn't told nobody about. I know, and I'm here to tell you that no matter what it is, that there is an answer, and it's Jesus, and it's a real simple answer. But it ain't easy. It ain't easy. Let's get back to that simpler way of life where we know what's important, where we meet together, where we minister to others, whether in in deed or in action or in words. And let's learn to be still and be quiet. Drive down an old two-track dirt road with your Lord and Savior and see what doesn't transpire in the silence. See if He doesn't start changing your life. See if He doesn't start changing your desires or your wants or your purpose. Is Jesus burning within you? Is there something missing inside of you? Do you feel cold and and outwardly, man. You got the smile on, man. You got the success going on. You got the job going on. You got the house you always wanted. You you got everything. But inside, man, it's just it feels like it's cold. I'm here to tell you that if you'll do these three things, if you will meet together for the sole purpose of Jesus Christ. If you will minister to others as it builds up inside of you, let it spread to others. And if you will learn to meditate and just be still and be quiet and focus on him, that fire will start to grow inside of you. It will start to change you. It will start to transform you in ways that you never thought possible. Don't leave here today without being able to know those three things. Meet, minister, and meditate. I've given you some very, very simple things to work on this week and spilling over into the rest of the weeks of your life. Very simple, not very easy. I pray that your fire burns bright inside of you. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we come with hearts ready to burn for you. You are the spark today that will light the eternal flame within us. God, help us to have faith. God, help us to be dedicated, not wishy-washy, and help us to be loyal to you and your brand and your outfit. Let us sign up to ride for you and do it every single day with an intensity and a purpose that most people won't understand, but that you will bless. Let us not be ashamed of you, but have the courage to follow you in all the rest of the days of our lives, whether it be one or a thousand. And it is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Don't let me lose your attention right quick. I just got a couple of things to say. Uh, I have been reminded by our board members and, and by our other staff that I, I fail in this every single week. Uh, if you would like to donate to this ministry, there's a box up here. If you're watching online, there is a donate button right there on the website or right there on Facebook, please. God gives us everything we need for this ministry, and He does it through y'all, and He does it through y'all by blessing you. So if you have been blessed, turn around and use it to help us minister. To others, okay. There's, there's been. We, we try to have some fundraisers. I have turned down the idea of a, of a cover charge, okay. I've turned that down, but I'm, I'm seriously considering the exit charge, okay. I'm really thinking about that, you know. So not really, uh, man. If God, if God leads you to, and He does, help us out in this ministry. There is a camera. We are keeping track, just so you know. Uh, we, we. No, not really. I'm joking, kinda. Anyway, uh, we're also going to Israel, okay? we got uh, There's there's a bunch of people on the front row that's been to Israel. Uh, We're going in February. You can sign up today. The money does not have to be in until December 15th. Man, make a decision to go. You can find the money. You know you can. I know it'll be hard. Ask your family instead of presents, man. Help me go to Israel. Do something that will change your life, and I promise you it will. Go with me. To Israel in February. It's $3,200 and I know that seems like a lot of money, but it is a drop in the bucket compared to the rest of your life of what you will gain and what you will remember. You can stick your hands on the Sea of Galilee where Jesus himself walked. It is going to be an amazing, amazing trip. And I'd love for you to go. There's stuff right there. If you're watching online, go to SaveTheCowboy.com and there's an Israel trip right there up near the top on the right hand side. Click on that For more information, we will try to have all of our merchandise online Uh, for now. For y'all that are here, we've got some new stuff, pretty snazzy. It'll automatically increase your cool factor by 10. Be cool, guys. Love y'all. See you next week.